0: Welcome and thanks so much for joining us. A number of years ago, Tom Hanks and Leonardo DiCaprio uh, played in a movie called Catch Me If You Can. It was a real-life story of an impersonator by the name of Frank Abagnale, and he'd impersonated an airline pilot, a doctor, even a legal prosecutor, and made millions from it. Obviously, some people are very, very good at impersonating others it's for that reason that the Apostle John is writing to the church and giving them a very important warning about impostors, people who are impersonating believers and teachers and even even actually the apostles themselves. And he wants to warn the church um, how you can identify a genuine and a fake. And um, we're reading this week from John, 1 John chapter 2, verses 18 through to through to 27. Let me read to you just the first few verses about a genuine and a fake. Uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. Now, this is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belong to us, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Well, there is a genuine and, and there is a, a fake. Notice, firstly, the context, though. John John says this is the last hour. Now, it's been a long hour. That hour, it was the last hour when John wrote. So we probably shouldn't think in terms of time as this represents 1 24th of, you know, all time. Um, I don't think it necessarily means that. I think what John is saying here is this is the, the last stage of God's plan before Christ returns again. And this, this last hour is, is in fact the, the whole time of the church age. This is the last hour. We were in it from when Christ ascended and from when the church began many, many years ago, and we are still in it today, the last stage of of all that God is, is unfolding. And then John also says that there are a number of antichrists, and this is a bit surprising. Is there is there not just one antichrist, the beast, the one described in Revelation? Absolutely. Yes, that's true. And, and I believe, you know, he is yet to come. That will be in the very final minutes of, if you like, the last hour. But there seems to be forerunners to, to that particular figure who share the same kind of spirit, antichrist spirit. And they too are described as antichrists. They're false prophets. They're false teachers. They, they infiltrate churches and Christian teachings and, and, and they're all over the world. And they're all over the web as well. They're everywhere. They existed back in John's day, and they exist today as well. And John is saying, be careful. Be careful here. And how do we know that, that they are false? Well, firstly, John says here that they, they once belonged to us, but now they don't. They, they actually left, and, and that's an indicator. They have left Christian fellowship. You might say, well, gee, that's a bit harsh, isn't it? Like, I know Christians who no longer go to church for for a variety of reasons, and and I do too. But there's also a practical point here as well. On the positive, John says one of the fruits of a genuine believer is, back up in verse 10, that they love others. And that's kind of hard to do if you're not in Christian community, is it? How do you love your brother or your sister? if you're not in Christian community. But the real test is yet to come. It's the heresy that they're actually teaching. What's the mark of a genuine Christian? Certainly loving a brother or sister. Well, that's the fruit of a genuine Christian. But John now goes to something more important. And he says in verse 20, you have an anointing from the Holy One. In other words, that's the anointing that you receive, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. When you first believed anointing literally means to smear oil or ointment. You've been smeared as it were in a good way with the Holy spirit. And that's the true mark of a genuine believer that you have been marked or anointed by the Holy spirit. You see, the spirit of God identifies each child of God. You know, who is a child of God because they are marked or identified by the Spirit of God. That's, that's how we know a, a genuine believing. So, what is this heresy that has crept into the church? We see that in verses 22 to 23. Let me read that for you. So, who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. No one who denies the Son has the Father, and whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. In other words, the heresy here that certain people are are propagating is that Jesus is not the Christ. They deny the Son, and in denying the Son, they also deny the Father. You could say that the New Testament identifies two types of, of false teaching. One type of false teaching is an outright heresy, like this denying that Jesus is the Christ, an outright heresy that can actually shipwreck your faith. Now, it would be Satan's agenda to um steal some from from God's God's flock in in that way, an out and out heresy um, that absolutely shipwrecks their faith. But it seems that his his more uh common method is another type of false teaching and and that is quite simply uh to distract you from your effectiveness. Uh, Paul and other writers often call call this an obsession with controversies and and various deceptions and and distractions and so forth. Anything that distracts from the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. One of the tests, in fact, for perhaps a, a teaching that's not quite right, that is aimed at, at distracting you is, is does this in any way enhance a person's understanding of the good news? That's a great test to apply to any teaching. I remember years ago being at Bible College, and I was standing in front of the notice board, and somebody had put up one of the students had put up a rather weird sort of a, a notice. It was about a, a company that made personal hygiene products, and and uh, it suggested that they, the CEO or president, was was giving a particular percentage of those profits to to uh, a satanic church, and. And therefore, imploring Christians all over the world to stop buying these products and so forth, and I read through it, and of course, it turned out to be a hoax. but I read through it, and I thought, oh, really seriously are, are we going to to save the world by by switching shampoos um, I personally don 't have a lot of time for shampoo anyway but but the point is that that this was this was a hoax it was a controversy it was to distract Christians from from the gospel and from their effectiveness as witnesses in our society. So we need to be careful of, of heresies and particularly perhaps at a, at a time like this, um, are we in the last days? Yes. We have been for, well, since the church began, we are in the last days. So be alert, be vigilant, be on your guard and guard against all kinds of false teaching. Well, how do we do that? And that's the beauty of this passage, and, and John John addresses that um, here. There are two safeguards that we read of in verses 24 to 27. Two safeguards here. As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, eternal life. I'm writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. There are two things, two safeguards here that must remain. The first one is the message you heard from the beginning. The good news, the gospel, that must remain. And then the second is the anointing that you received as a result of that. If you think about that, when you first became a Christian, you received the the teaching of the gospel, the good news about Jesus Christ. You accepted that. You accepted that, that Jesus was who he said he was. And in that moment that you believed, you were saved and you received God's gift, the Holy Spirit. He came and he dwelt within you. You were anointed with the Holy Spirit. And John says they're the two safeguards. This just comes back to the absolute fundamentals. Your sanctification is the same as your salvation. Remain in the truth of the gospel. Don't depart from that. Don't be, don't be lured away by, by wonderful new teachings because, oh, I've, I've grown out of, of the grace of the gospel. But don't fall for that. Remain, remain in that fundamental teaching that you first received when you came to salvation. And then the second safeguard is remain in your anointing, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Remain in him as he remains in, in you. They are the two safeguards. Now, verse 27 is perhaps at first glance a little confusing. It says, you do not need anyone to teach you. Now, obviously, that literally can't mean that you don't need anyone to teach you. Otherwise, they wouldn't, you know, the readers of this letter wouldn't be listening to John. There'd be no spiritual gift of, of teaching as as Paul declares in Acts chapter 2. People would not have sat under the apostles' teaching. So, so no, it can't literally mean that. But what I believe John is saying here is is there are two teachers. There's an external teacher and there's an internal teacher. Listen to the internal teaching of the Holy Spirit. There's a priority here. There are other people who outside of you will offer up a teaching. But internally, inside of you, the Holy Spirit is your counselor, your advocate. He is teaching you. And he is the one that must take priority. You must listen to him first. He is the one who will teach you all things. And so the internal teacher will verify the external teaching that is, that is coming your way. But note the order here. I don't want to miss this, this point. The order here is that you remain, you remain in the message that you first heard and you remain in the anointing that you received as a result of that. Um, I know at times life can be very confusing. Sometimes doubts creep in and, and, and and it's like a fog can come over our understanding. Um, Some throughout Christian history have called it the dark night of the soul. And there can be times when, when it can be very, very confusing. We wonder, where are you God? And I don't know what is true. And we can be searching for the truth. And, And John is saying, just remember two very simple fundamentals here. Don't stray from the teaching you first received. Remain in that. And remain in the anointing that you received as a result of that. Um, Stay in the truth, the fundamental message of the good news. Stay in the truth, and as a result of that, you will stay in the anointing that you received. You will stay in him. Stay in the truth and you will stay in him. Stay in him and he will help you to stay in the truth. Does that make sense? Stay or remain in the truth that you first received. And then you will remain in Christ, in him. And he will guide you and lead you into all truth. These are the two safeguards that that John is, is commending to us. um you may or may not have picked up that the word remain is is the same word as abide. Um, you could say stay, remain, live, dwell, abide. They're all English words that mean the very same thing. In fact, the word abide, abide in him, abide in the truth, remain in that truth. It, it occurs five times in this passage. And you might think that I rigged it so I could just preach this passage. I didn't but I was pretty excited to, to see this passage. But the, the fundamental message from John is abide in him, abide in truth, and abide in him. These are the safeguards. Don't stray from that fundamental message of the good news that you first heard. Karl Barth, great theologian, a great thinker, was once asked, what's the most important truth that that he has ever encountered? And he simply replied, Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Don't stray from the fundamental truth of the gospel. In those times when, when you feel the, the fog creeping in, when you feel it difficult to, to, to connect with, with reality, of, to, to find God in the midst of confusion, um uh, trust the anointing that you received when you were first saved just turn to the holy spirit inside of you and 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 ask holy spirit to to guide you into truth the scripture promises that that's his job he loves to do that and he'll answer that kind of a prayer and then remind yourself of the fundamental truths that you believed in when you first first were saved a great way to start every day is to, to just go over the fundamentals of the faith. Uh, for God so so loved the world. He gave his His only son, Jesus, whilst we we're still sinners. Christ died for us. Um, as a result, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just. He'll forgive us our sin and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Therefore, I'm a new creation. The old is gone and new has come up. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that lives, it's Christ Jesus who lives within me. Therefore, I clothe myself every day in Jesus Christ. Oh, what love the Father has lavished on me that I would become a a child of of God. And, And that is what I am a child of God. His spirit testifies to my spirit. That, that is who I am, a child of God, remind yourself of these fundamental truths. Let the spirit of Christ testify to your spirit. what is true, what is right, what is fundamental. These are the safeguards that will hold you hold you steady. I wonder this week whether you need to to just revisit some of those those very basic teachings. That's why John says with absolute confidence, going back to last week's passage. I'm writing to you because you know these things. Looking back earlier in chapter 2, verses 12, you know. I'm writing because you know your sins have been forgiven, because you know the Father. You know who him who is from the beginning, and you are strong. The word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. That is true of the believers back then. It's It's true of every believer today. It's true of you, and it's true of myself as well. Your sins are forgiven. You know the Father. You know the one who is from the beginning. You're strong, because the word of the word of the Lord, it dwells within you. And you have overcome the evil one. So you can have great confidence. God bless you. Have a wonderful week and, and do take time, won't you, to meditate on some of these truths.